You're listening to the City Church Downtown Podcast. Now here's Doug Robbins.
good to see you on this fine Easter morning. And as we start uh, talking about life today, I wanted to tell you the story of Laura Brooks, who's a 52-year-old mother of two. And she wondered what happened when her rent checks and uh, her loan payment bounced. She went down to the bank to figure out what was going on, and the bank representative explained to her that all of your accounts have been closed because you're dead. And Laura was like, what? I'm right here. What happened? You know what happened? Of the 2.8 million death reports the Social Security uh, uh, Administration receives every year, approximately 14,000 of those deaths have been incorrectly entered into its death master file. And that includes information like social security numbers, names, birth dates, death dates, zip codes, last, last known residents. And so um, that, ma- that, that actually averages out to 38 life-altering mistakes made by the Social Security Administration per day. That uh, kind of makes you feel good about contributing to Social Security, right? So can you imagine what your life would be like if you were incorrectly entered into a government database as dead. Can you imagine how that would complicate your life? And like Laura Brooks, if that happened to you, you would want to tell people, no, I'm alive. And today we want everyone here to be able to say, I'm alive, because we know that death is happening in the spiritual realm. And so when I point to you, I want you to say the words of our big idea today, I'm alive. You ready to throw down on this one? Here we go. Ready? Now you'll remember it because you said it out loud. Let's try it again as if we were not a Presbyterian church, okay? Here we go. Ready? That was pretty rad. All right. So Easter is about Jesus coming back to life so that you and I can say, I'm alive. <laughs> Very good. Very good. Now, one of the greatest chapters in all the Bible about the life that Jesus rose again to give to you and I is John chapter 10. And the key verse there is verse 10. Let me show it to you. Jesus says that these purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. My purpose is to give them rich and satisfying what? Life, life right there. So, in the Greek language, there are actually three words for life. Now, there's bios, the life of the physical body. That's where we get our word biology. And then there's psyche, which is the mind, will, and emotion. That's where we get our word psychology. But the word used in John 10.10 for life is a word that's kind of in a whole different category. It's the word zoe. Zoe is life active and vigorous, and then if I boil it down after I read like over 10 different resources just on this one word, Zoe, it means life as God experiences it. Life as God experiences it. So Zoe life is on a whole other realm. I mean, God is experiencing right now all of eternity past, all of eternity future. He's experiencing the now. He's experiencing every thought of everyone in this room and everyone all over the globe. So Zoe life is on a different plane. And what if you actually had a realm of life available to you that you'd not been accessing? What if your spiritual life was like Laura Brooks and you'd not been living with the benefits that are at your disposal? Well, Jesus goes on later on in the Bible to explain his life in Revelation 1.18, and I want to take you there. He says, I'm the living one. I died, but look, say it with me, 
I'm alive. He says, I'm alive forever and ever, and I hold the keys of death and the grave. And guess which Greek word is used in Revelation 1.18 for alive? Anybody guess? Zoe. That's right. Zoe. Life. And so part of being alive in the Zoe realm is to exercise the authority and the power that God has granted you and given you as a follower of his. And you exercise that authority over dark demonic forces. It doesn't take a whole lot to convince most of us that there's evil in the world, right? And so look at John 10, 10, A, the first half of the verse where Jesus says the thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. And sometimes we see a different reality under different lights. So have you ever walked into a club or something like that that had black lights everywhere and you look and you see the white in your clothing stand out in a different way. People's teeth look like vampires. You know, you see a different reality in different light. And some of you have seen those exposés on TV where they put black lights in shady hotels. And some of the things that you see in those shady hotels are things you didn't want to see, right? And sometimes that's true in the Zoe reality is that there are dark forces and things that you would rather not see that are there. And I experienced this once when uh, I was feeling a prompting on the inside to go have a spiritual conversation with a man on a downtown park bench. And I went and sat down next to this man and struck up a conversation. And luckily he wanted to talk about spiritual things. And I was glad because, you know, I didn't want to be that guy that's like trying to force religion on someone. And just when our conversation really started to flow, this bag lady pushes her cart right in front of us and she starts pacing back and forth and she's yelling now, when you think about this bag lady, don't think of like some harmless little old lady with little flowers sticking out of her hat. You've got to think more of like a mashup of Wicked Witch of the West, Alanis Morissette, channeling Kim Kardashian. I mean, this is what this woman is like. And I'm thinking to myself, what's going on here? I mean, she's yelling, she's yelling, he's a liar, he's a liar, and she's pointing at me. And I'm offended, right? Because I'm like, I've never met you, but I've never been seeing you before in my life, lady. You know, where do you, where do you come off saying all these things about me? And then it dawns on me, what if? It's like one of those dark spiritual thieves in the spiritual realm, like something demonic trying to distract this man from hearing about the hope and love that he can have in Christ and once I had that epiphany, it's like I had a whole new fire on the inside. I felt like Yoda after having drank a Red Bull energy drink, you know? And so I looked at the Cardassian and I said, <laughs> I said something that, because I didn't really know what to say. And so I just thought, what would, you know, one of the apostles or Jesus or someone in the New Testament say? And so I said, in the name of Jesus, I command the evil that causes you to do this to stop. Shut up. And you know what she did? She shut up. She pushed her cart down the street and left and disappeared. And after that happened, the man on the park bench was very interested to pray and begin a relationship with Christ, you know? And when I reflect back on that experience, I think to myself, man, I'm alive because I'm seeing and experiencing something that was so very different from the reality that I was used to. And in recent days, we've been inundated with people who are having problems with the dark demonic spiritual forces of this world like 
in scary kinds of ways. And since we've been inundated with these types of experiences in recent days, we're going to start a series next Sunday called Spiritual Warfare, where we're going to show you how to exercise your power and authority over the dark spiritual forces of this world. I want to warn you, don't bring little kids that are going to get scared. And also, I want to warn you that next Sunday, some of you are going to have car trouble on your way to church, and you're going to have all kinds of distractions and things that are going to try and keep you from coming. You're going to have these unusual arguments with your spouse on the way. Uh, you might even, you're going to have arguments with your teenager, which is just like every week, right? Um, you're going to have these negative and uh, overly skeptical kinds of thoughts come into your mind saying, what is this stupid hocus pocus kind of stuff? But I want to ask you, even if you're not used to church and you're new to church kind of stuff, to come and see what God may want to speak to you next Sunday. But a lot of people wonder, you know, hey, Doug, if I can experience this whole Zoe reality, uh, how, how do I do that? Well, I feel the most alive in this way when I listen to his voice, when I listen to his voice. Now, it's not an audible voice, but often it's a prompting in the heart. And other times, God speaks through other people. But let me take you to John 10 again, down in verse 27. Jesus says, my sheep listen to my what? My voice, right? He says, I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they will never perish. No one can snatch them away from me. And you and I both know the significant voices in our lives, don't we? So when your mother calls you by your middle name, you tense up because you know you're in trouble. I was at a friend's house in recent days and his mother called him mijo and he melted into the comforting tone of his mom's voice. And I told Miss Constante in the last service, if you ever call me mijo, Miss Constante, I might cry. <laughs> You know what I loved when my kids were little? We would go to Chuck E. Cheese. You know Chuck E. Cheese is the place where they give you the, the cardboard with pepperonis on top <laughs> and all the games and that. And there would be like a thousand screaming kids there. And a mother will step up and call her children. And they will come because they know her voice even in the midst of a thousand screaming, hyped up on caffeine, kids running around at Chuck E. Cheese. And this is the same thing that's true, the voice of God, is that the more we spend time with him, the more we recognize his voice. And this comforting voice was made real to me once in Managua, Nicaragua. A group of us were taken to a small church near a dump there, and we met the pastor and his wife, and his wife was known in the area as the prophetess. Now, when I hear a title, the prophetess, I'm thinking, what do you mean, dude, the prophetess? Okay, what is this like going to be like on the Matrix where it's the oracle and she, we're going to go into the church and she's going to be in there like baking cookies while she's smoking cigarettes, bending spoons with her mind, you know? Um, and so I had high expectations of the prophetess. We walk into the church and I find out they just serve the urban poor there in their community and this woman actually gets these words from God fairly regular and they're very accurate. So it's not like she's just guessing that it's going to be 3 o'clock. You're going to be right twice a day, you know, if you're just guessing that. Uh, but, but her predictions were very accurate. Her words were very applicable. And so as we were leaving the church, she pulled me aside. And she said to me with these, this look of concern in her eyes, she said, you're protected. Now, I was hoping for something a little more precise, 
right? I mean, I'm hoping she would tell me, hey, Spurs and six, you know, something really, really <laughs> precise, but I didn't get that. And honestly, to be truthful, um, I didn't think much of it. I kind of just blew it off until I reflected back on that trip and what happened the next day. The next day, our group was taken to a small, impoverished area of Managua. We were walking down a dirt road, just talking to people, ministering to people like we do. When all of a sudden, these guys jump out, hold us up at gunpoint. And there was one gunman. Then he had a wingman that was going around each person, taking belongings. And I'm a little bit scared, and I'm also a little bit angry, and I'm thinking about how it's going to complicate my life when these guys take my wallet. And so foolishly, I reach into my front pocket where my wallet was, and I'm shoving it down the back of my pants, partly in protest, because if they take my wallet, I want it to have touched my butt in protest. You know what I mean? And so... When I do that, I'm reaching back there, and dude points the gun at me. And I, my, my wallet is lodged, and I raise my hands and just say, no problemo, dude. <laughs> and I'm thinking about what it will feel like for a bullet to pierce my abdomen, you know? The wingman's going to each person, taking things, and when he gets to me, the wingman like, gets this scared look on his face. Now I know I'm intimidating, and I have a scary presence. It's like eternal nerd of spoken word, you know? But the wingman, he gets his scared look, and then he and the gunman run away, and they don't hurt any of us. And you know, it may have been a coincidence that just the day before, this woman gives me this message, but for me, it was the voice of God saying, Miho, you're protected. And after I reflect back on that experience, I just want to say so loud and proud, I'm alive, not just because we didn't get shot that day, but because I experienced the reality of God and got to hear the voice of God through a humble woman in Managua, Nicaragua. And when you're alive, what it does is it changes your heart and you start to care about the things that Jesus cares about. And that's why some of you, as you give to the Feed SA initiative to serve the food insecure in our city, it's like you're connecting with the Zoe life because your heart is being moved by the things that move Jesus. See? But here's one of the things that's so confused in our culture is that many of you have been raised in ways that you believe that you have to give to the food insecure or do religious things in order to earn the life with God, but the truth is we serve the poor and food insecure because we already have life, not in order to get life. And I know uh, that many of us have gotten this thing confused because we think Jesus is a taker, but what you got to understand is Jesus is not a taker. He's a giver. Look at John 10, 10, B, the second half of the verse. He says, my purpose is to give them rich and satisfying Zoe. And I know some of you have been trying to earn this your whole life, and you were trained to think that you have to count your rosary beads and do all your Hail Marys and take a shower in holy water in order, in order to earn life with God. But you don't. You've realized that's not true. Others of you have tried to recycle and do yoga in order to earn a life, and I love me some yoga, but 
we know that that doesn't earn us life with God. Others grew up in really wild spiritual environments where you would wave like those praise banners, you know, and flags and do cartwheels while speaking in tongues. But, you know, that doesn't earn you life, does it? Then others have tried other things like, you know, hey, I've got to do all this organic stuff to feel like I'm alive. You know, I have to make my own soap and only buy food from the farmer's market to feed to my kids while I homeschool them with these videos of Little House on the Prairie. Okay, we don't do all that stuff to earn life, do we? And all those things I just mentioned are really good things, but not one of them can earn us life with God. It's like in recent days... I was at a great restaurant downtown with a friend, and he did the end around on me and went and paid for this expensive meal without me knowing it um, so that he could give me a gift, and all I could do at that point was just receive it, you know? And that is the exact gift of life that God wants to give you today if you'd receive him and believe. So let's bow for prayer, and as we bow... Maybe it's dawning on you that God worked the circumstances of your life to bring you here today that so you could receive him, receive his gift of grace. And it's way more than a meal out, but it is life itself in the eternal kind of way. And maybe you just want to think a prayer. You don't have to say it out loud because you can read your thoughts, but just think it. You know, hey, Jesus, I know I've screwed up. But Jesus, right now, I choose to believe that you died on the cross to pay the penalty for my sin. And you rose again from the dead to give me new life. And the best I get it, I receive your gift of life and a relationship with you. Father, thank you for those who just prayed that. We so celebrate that and the good work you're doing among us here in the heart of the city. And we pray these things in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. Everyone said. So today is a special day, not only because it's Easter, but also because we're doing baptisms here today. And those of you that are already signed up for baptism, would you go ahead and move down here to the front, to my right, your left. Just go ahead and stand up wherever you're at. If you're already signed up, registered, and just move right on down here. Also, if you prayed to begin a relationship with Christ today or any time in your life you believed and you want to be baptized today, you can do it. You don't have to be registered right now, but what I want you to do is go back to the lobby and get registered. Even if you didn't bring clothes that you can get wet, they'll have clothes for you back there. So go back there to the lobby, get registered, and then run right down here to my right, your left, right down here where people are standing waiting to be baptized. Now, those of you who are about to get baptized, I want you to look up at me real quick because I got some very special instructions for you. Um, so check this out. When you're, you're getting baptized, Lee is uh, about to dunk you under the water. And that symbolizes that you died with Christ. But here's what you've got to do. You're going to go under the water. And when you come up, you're going to say something. Guess what I'm going to have them say? That's right. So you want to practice that with me out loud real quick? So Lee's going to dunk you under the water. And then when you come up, what are you going to say? I'm alive. And some of you are going to say like just a very quiet and peaceful, I'm alive. And others are going to put their fist in the air like they just don't care and say, I am alive. <laughs> right? I'm alive. And I got a fresh start 
from the addictions and the pain and the problems of my past. I've got new life in Christ. I can leave that stuff behind and have a hope for the future of restoration and change in the world. So as we sing together and as we watch this beautiful sacrament of baptism, let's worship our good God who's made sowing life possible.
So Lord, we just want to stop at this point and say you're so worthy and we understand that we're not and that's why it makes it all the more amazing to us that you would reach down with grace and love toward us. People who many of us feel very jacked up on the inside and things aren't perfect that you would graciously reach down to us and extend us grace. And we thank you that you were willing to sacrifice your own life on the cross and suffer there for our sin, but then you had the ability to rise again from the dead, literally and bodily, to give us new life. And today we focus glory back and credit back on you. And we can't tell you enough how over the top is to us and we never get tired of saying it and we pray this in your precious name jesus and for your sake everyone said amen thanks for listening for more information visit citychurchdowntown.com